This is Six Cold Feet Season 2, Episode 5. Confide in me. This episode contains adult themes and language. Just remember me, baby, when I'm in six feet of cold, cold ground. I'm embarrassed to say that I was one of those people that thought it was uncool to like Juliet Knives. I realized uh, when I hit my 30s that it was actually internalized misogyny um, because I started listening to her music and I realized she was articulating things that I didn't know anyone else was feeling. And I wish I'd gotten into her sooner. Your apartment certainly has a certain je ne sais quoi. Oh, yes. I'm very particular about, you know, Feng Shui and Yin Yang and Mao Zedong and all that. Do you mean tea? Sure. I have chamomile, raspberry, green tea, jasmine, rooibos, kangaroo fort, English breakfast. Green is fine. Okie dokie. I have to say this place is more of a shrine than a home. What's that, love? I said... This place is so refined, I feel so at home. Oh, thanks. I loved your contribution to the Juliet Knives documentary. You had quite a different look back then. Oh, yes. Well, we all have our fashion faux pas in our histories. As you can see, I am Juliet's biggest fan. (laughs) And I don't mean because I'm tall and fat. (laughs) I don't think I'm fat. I'm very comfortable with my weight. Even if my mum says I could stand to lose a few pounds. But she's an awful right-wing political lobbyist. Do you like Monte Carlos? They're my favourite. I used to really like those gollywog biscuits. Oh, I mean, they were super racist, obviously. But so delicious, you know? Stupid racism ruining my morning tea. I remember those. They were extremely offensive. Right. Anyway, let's get to the introductions, shall we? Why don't we start with favourite song, favourite album, favourite concert, favourite cover? I was wondering if you could tell me your actual name. It wasn't listed in the documentary and I know you go by Jay, but should I... Favourite song, favourite album, favourite concert, favourite cover... Okay, uh, yeah, um, favourite song is The Last Days of Rome, favourite album, Out of Their Beds, Off With Their Heads, favourite concert was my first ever concert when she played the Livid Festival back in 97, I was just a kid back then, and my favourite cover is her rendition of Leroy Carr's Six Cold Feet in the Ground. Oh, good choices. My favourite song is First Against the Wall. Favourite album is also First Against the Wall. Favourite concert was when she played the Tivoli back in 96. And my favourite cover is her version of I Put a Spell on You. Oh, I'm being so rude. I haven't even given you the tour. Come, 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 come. Okay, so this is the living room. Obviously, for a living. You have a lot of Juliet Knives memorabilia. I have the third largest collection in the world. But the first is held by some fashion designer who doesn't even like her music. She just likes her personal style. So as if that counts. 
and the second is held by a husband and wife. So there's two of them. They each technically own half, so that doesn't really seem fair, you know? <gasps> oh, 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 look at this! They only made 300 of these. It's an official Juliet Knives combination back scratcher and banana peeler. That doesn't seem very practical. Yeah. They did not sell well. Look, I painted this. It's Juliet during the unrefined and fine era when she shaved her head. She looks so... Majestic. Inspiring. Luminous. I was going to say naked. Oh, Yes. I didn't want her beautiful feminine form constrained by the imposition of clothing. Sure. That's totally understandable. <gasps> okay, okay. And come see this. So, here, I have two of her old guitars. I got this one off eBay, and this one I traded with another collector. I had to give him some of my hair and two of my bras, but he promised it wasn't for anything weird. Right. And this is all of her albums on cassette and CD and vinyl and mini-disc. Well, actually, I only have unrefined and fine on mini-disc. And this is her concert videos on VHS and DVD and Blu-ray and Laserdisc. And this is my collection of Juliet Knives t-shirts. I have 36 of them. This one's my favorite. And this is my collection of official tour badges and official tour beer stubbies. And this is my collection of unofficial tour badges and beer stubbies. Jay, this is all very, you know, great and not at all weird, but I still don't know your proper name. Do you mind if we sit down and talk? I haven't properly introduced myself. Of course! My goodness, where are my manners? Have a seat. Have your tea. I'll just put some music on. As I mentioned, I'm a friend of Juliet's. I've been a fan for a very long time, but we've only become personally acquainted quite recently. How did you meet her? She's been very hidden away of late. She hasn't returned any of my calls recently. <laughs> Well, no, because... How do you know her? We were working together. On the new material? Yes, on the new material. Are you a musician? <gasps> oh my God, I'm a musician too! Do you want to play something? Actually, I was working as a... Would it be pretentious of me to use the term official biographer? Yes, right. Well, let's go with... Good old writer, then. She wanted me to help write her story. Listen to me. You had better not be one of those creepy, lying vampires looking to write some unauthorised book of lies and slander. I'm not. I promise. I can show you the agreement she signed, if you like. Yes. What? I'll need to see it before we continue. Oh. I didn't think you'd actually... Okay, just gotta find it. It's here in my Dropbox somewhere. There. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, that's so exciting. What an honor. Right, you can understand why I'd want to be thorough. As the official head of the Juliet Knives fan club, I have sleazy journalists knocking on my door around the clock, as I'm sure you can imagine. I'm sure you do. So, where should we begin? Could we start with your name? Juliet Knives. No, your name. Right. Juliet Knives. You think you're Juliet Knives? No, I am Juliet Knives. My birth name was Jane, but I had a change back when I was 18. Oh, <laughs> you must think I'm crazy. I should mention it's Juliet, spelt with a T-E at the end. It's not... Juliet Knives. Like, Juliet Knives. That would be completely insane! <laughs> yes, I imagine it would. Do you mind if I ask about your... look? You mean my hair? Oh yes, I just had it done. Do you like it? I was more concerned with... If you'll forgive me for being direct, you've clearly had some surgery. Oh, I guess I've had a little nip here, a little tuck there, a little jaw reduction, some cheekbone alteration, a brow reduction, <laughs> neck lift, dermabrasion, mentoplasty, rhinoplasty, and a teensy tiny Botox injection every now and then. You know how it is. I mean, you've obviously had work done. No, I haven't. Get out! You are obviously blessed with some very good genes. You know, my grandmother... Juliet, I mean, I'm interested in the fact that you've altered your face so it looks exactly like Juliet Knives. The other Juliet Knives. Oh, right. Yes, it's fairly straightforward, really. I love her. And I adore her. And I want it to be exactly like her. So, I had some work done. Right. You were obviously very fond of her. Her passing must be very difficult for you. <laughs> I shouldn't think so. May I ask why not? Well, because she's not actually dead. Obviously. She's not? No! That's just what they want you to think. Who are they? The many wives of Juliet Knives. More tea? No, thank you. Who are the many wives of Juliet Knives and why would they want to pretend like Juliet's dead? To protect her from her sins. Secrets are a lot harder to bury than people, you know. I'm a little confused. Can we start with your story and then circle back to this? Of course! More tea? No. Thank you. When did you first develop an infatuate, uh, a fondness for Juliet's music? I was 13 years old. I'd been homeschooled up till then and I'd been begging my parents to let me go to school. 
I wanted to meet other kids, go on dates with boys, conduct a seance, you know, normal teen stuff. My parents were absolutely against it. They were very puritanical, so no, like, uh, like, sex before marriage, alcohol, tea, coffee, cola, meat, novels, secular music. So not much time for fun, really. Jesus. Yes, rather a lot of Jesus. No, I meant Jesus. That sounds incredibly restrictive. It was terrible. But my parents were worried. If I started mixing with other kids, I'd be led into temptation. I kept begging and begging, but they wouldn't back down. Finally, I told them if they didn't let me go to high school with other kids, I'd kill myself. Juliet, I'm so sorry. That must have been terrible. Oh! No. I was only bluffing. Suicide's a sin, you know. More tea? Nope. I really don't want any more tea. Please, continue with your story. So, they finally agreed to let me go. And it was actually really hard at first. I'd hardly spent any time with kids my own age. I was <laughs> a little socially awkward. Not like I am now. <laughs> But eventually, I made friends with another girl, Carla. I told her I'd never really listened to secular music, and she made it her mission to introduce me to good stuff. She used to take me to record stores, and we'd sit there with the headphones on for hours. I liked a lot of what she showed me. Kate Bush, The Falling Joys, Single Gun Theory, Penny Flanagan. God, I love Penny Flanagan. I used to have bravado on constant repeat. <gasps> Oh, that's a great album. And it was very exciting, you know, doing something I wasn't supposed to do. I had to hide a Walkman and cassettes under my mattress. But when I heard Juliet Knives for the first time, it was like a door had been opened. Which album? Drunk on Romance. Such a great album. Isn't it? It's so underrated. I fell in love. I was obsessed. By the time she did her unrefined and fine tour, I was on my learners and Carla had her peas and we followed her around the East Coast. We went to the gig here in Brisbane, the show in Byron, the gig at the arena. You were at the arena gig in 97. Yes, we went to that one and we planned to go to the gigs in Canberra and Melbourne, but of course they were cancelled. Can you tell me about the arena gig? I want to hear every detail. Let's see, uh... At that time, she was touring with what most people refer to as her classic lineup. Sarah Little on bass, her future hubby Dylan Green on drums, Patricia Wentworth on keys, and Letitia Kasumba on lead guitar. Juliet was wearing this amazing velvet dress. I was really more interested in hearing about the accident. Oh, that. Yes. They were about 20 minutes in and Sarah stopped playing. Everyone followed her eyes like a tennis match in extreme slow motion. The girl, I don't think she was older than me, and she was covered in blood. I didn't know that much blood could come out of a person. The security guards carried her out of there and there was a river of red behind her. The crowd parted. It looked sort of biblical the way they all wordlessly stepped aside to let them through. And then she was gone. Juliet walked off stage. 
The band looked at each other, said sorry to the crowd and did the same. The house lights came up and the venue manager took the mic, asked us to politely leave and we all filed out. It was so disappointing. Do you know what happened to the girl? I've heard so many conflicting stories, but no one seems to know for sure. Apparently it was her boyfriend. He'd found out that she'd gone to the gig with this other guy she'd been seeing on the side. He bought a ticket just so he could confront her, pulled her into the bathroom and started yelling at her. She confessed and he, well, that's how she ended up the way she was. Was he arrested? Sure. But he got off with a warning. He had no prior charges and no one actually saw him do it. He tried to claim it was a random stranger. That's awful. It was. Juliet hadn't even played Cerulean Sky yet. I meant that she was hurt and he got away with it. Right! Yeah, that too. I was devastated. And I was so looking forward to the Canberra and Melbourne gigs as well. That was the first night I met her. You met her at the show? Afterwards, actually. I managed to track down her hotel and I went to visit her. Back then, I was still using my given name, Jane. I was a little starstruck. I wasn't as composed and together back then. (laughs) What's wrong? No. It's nothing. You just reminded me of something I heard recently. In my research, it doesn't matter. Tell me how that first meeting went. Really well. Mostly. It was a bit strange. Because of the, you know, the thing. But we became really good friends. In a sort of go-away-right-now-but-in-the-future-I-definitely-want-to-be-bestie sort of way. You know how it is. Sure. Do you mind if I pop to the bathroom for a moment? Of course! It's down the hall on the right. Go make your ablutions. I'll be here. Okay. I'll be back after... My ablutions. Hi. Why are you whispering? I'm at Jay's house. She agreed to talk? Fan-fucking-tastic. More like this fan is fucking crazy. She changed her name and her face to Juliet Knives. She what? She had plastic surgery. She looks like a cross between Juliet Knives and Charlize Theron in Monster. Christ on a Christmas cracker. Maybe you should have brought someone with you? If I don't call you in, say, 20 minutes, can you call and check in on me? And if I don't answer, send a fucking tactical team. I'll text you the address. Okay, be careful. I really need that book. Also, I care about your safety. Thanks. Well, now, where were we? You mentioned something about the many wives of Juliet Knives. Could you tell me about them? Look, I took over as the official head of the Juliet Knives fan club at the start of 98. I was only 17, and it was all very political. The previous president had a kid or surgery or died. I forget. Anyway, whatever it was... They needed someone new, and I put my hand up and also bribed a few people and got the gig. So then I'd be meeting all these people at listening parties and stuff. We were all really worried about Juliet. She'd become really withdrawn since the arena gig. 
and a few of her more intense fans decided to start, I don't know, maybe you'd call it a splinter group. Why would they do that? I suppose they wanted to do more than just have listening parties and trivia nights and that kind of thing. I went along to one of their meetups and there was this whole very strange initiation ritual where... (gasps) Actually, I've been sworn to secrecy about the next bit. What about if I turn the mic off? You could tell me off the record. I respect people's right to privacy. I don't appreciate you prodding. I apologise. But I'd love for you to tell me whatever you feel comfortable talking about. Okay. Well, there was the initiation thing. Then we talked for a bit, and it was all nice and normal. Then suddenly this one lady stood up, and the whole room went dead quiet. She had this amazing presence, you know, like when you have a teacher or a performer who can command a whole room with a glance. Can you tell me her name? Everyone called her V, but that wasn't a real name, of course. Anyway, they told the newbies that we had to leave because they had some important business to attend to. I was like, important business? What a wank! I mean, Juliet's music is my life. But even I wouldn't describe it as a business. They seemed so formal. They told us in the future, if we wanted to move things up a notch, we were welcome. So what happened when you went back? I didn't. I found the whole thing weird. I'd grown up around strict religious practices. I didn't want to go back to any of that, even if it was just a bunch of club rules for obsessive fans. But then later... When Juliet did her invitation-only tour where she played to these tiny crowds in private homes, the only people who were invited were the wives. I would have killed to go to one of those shows. So would I! And even as the president of her fan club, you weren't invited. Nope. By then, Juliet and I had been writing to each other a little bit. She explained it was out of her hands. That really hurt. As if her own tour could be out of her hands. Later on, when we became really close, it was something she apologised about a lot, but she never really wanted to talk about those shows in any detail, despite the fact that they've become the stuff of rock and roll legend. Did you ever meet someone called Lisette? No. Who's that? What about Drew? Do you know who that is? (laughs) Well, yeah. Duh. Could you tell me? Juliet's dad. She told you about her family. She never talks about them. It's difficult for her. I mean, my parents were religious too. They didn't let me do anything fun. But they weren't, like, cruel. Cruel how? If she hasn't told you, I'm not sure that I should. But... She was a queer woman in the early 80s with strict Catholic parents. You can probably connect the dots. Do you know where they are now? Yeah, but I don't think you'll get anything from them. I'd like to try. Are they here in Brisbane? Yeah, in the Tawong Cemetery. They're dead. You really buried the lead on that one. Sorry. (laughs) I thought you knew. They died when she was a teenager, 
Right about the time she changed her name. How did they die? Their house burned down. Her dad fell asleep, drunk with a cigarette between his fingers. Juliet was lucky to get out alive. She doesn't like talking about it. It was very traumatic. Actually, shit. Um, maybe I shouldn't have told you that. Can that bit be, um, you know, off the record? If that's what you'd prefer. It is. Okay. I'd love to hear about how your relationship with Juliet developed. Hang on, this is my wife. Shit. Is your wife okay? She's a little discombobulated, but I think she'll be fine. Would you mind if we continue this chat another time? Of course. So lovely to meet you. I hope everything's all right. Yeah, me too. Kay? Kay, are you here? Hi. Yeah, I'm fine. I feel a little silly freaking out. The fucking network went down at work again today. So I decided to come back and work from home. And when I got here, the door had been busted open. All my jewelry's still here. Same. And they haven't touched the TV or the stereo or the iPad. I can't see anything missing. They took some stuff from the office. Shit! The hard drive's gone, and the letters. What? I had the hard drive backed up on my Dropbox, and I've scanned about a quarter of the letters. Hopefully that's enough. Oh, fuck. Are you saying someone targeted you? I think so. Jesus, Athena! I'll call someone to fix the door. You start packing your stuff. We're not fucking staying here. We can go to my mum's. Hard pass. Your sister's then? Or we can stay in a hotel, but not here. Okay, fine. Hotel it is. Been a while since we stayed in a hotel. Wish it was under better circumstances. But hey, any chance to use a spava? Shit. I just remembered I left my phone in the car. I'll be right back. Who is this? Stop writing about Juliet Knives. Do not talk to her fans. Do not go to her house, or there will be dire consequences. Juliet wanted me to write that book. She asked me to. Juliet's dead. You will be too if you don't stop digging. How's that bath looking? It's good. It's fine. It's so warm and lovely and totally fine. This week's episode is brought to you by The Dark Poet by Catherine Gossow, which is available now from Odyssey Books. I got a copy of this book and I read it in one sitting. I devoured it. I adored it. It was gorgeous, really enthralling writing that I absolutely loved. The characters felt vivid and alive. The way the stories were woven together was artfully done. I've read 160 books this year, and this was absolutely one of my favorites. Here is the blurb. With poetic dexterity, Aurelius Award finalist, that's a pretty big deal, Catherine Gossow interweaves eight short stories of longing and alienation featuring outcasts and the misunderstood. Sounds like most of my friends. From a homeless storyteller to a gardening soothsayer to a copy editor who owns a pair of stubborn chickens, readers will come face to face with the humanity of people easily judged by a rigid society. Sounds like my society. At the heart of these stories is the dark poet 
a charismatic and broken man leaving a trail of debris as he drifts in and out of people's lives. This is a fantastic book. You owe it to yourself to check this out. It's really gorgeous writing. It's really intelligent. It's really thoughtful. It's really beautiful. Go and check out The Dark Poet by Catherine Gossow, available now from Odyssey Books. Six Cold Feet is written by me, J.M. Dinellon. And I also sometimes write under the pen name Anonymous when I feel like saying some shit about the government. Like maybe, I don't know, they should probably do something about the fact that the fucking country's on fire and no one can breathe the air anymore, for example. I should very quickly mention I have a short story called Progeny in the 80th anniversary issue of Southerly Magazine. Very excited to be in some great company in this prestigious milestone issue of Southerly Magazine. Congratulations for being around for 80 years. That's amazing. I wrote a weird little story called Progeny. It's a little bit dark, it's a little bit surreal. I'm quite proud of it, but there's some great stuff in there. Go and check that one out. That is available now. Our cast this week was Helen Stevens, Melanie Zanetti, Tom Yaxley, and Jessica McGore, featuring music by Kate Logan, Adele Pick Vance, Scott Mercer, and Ash Shanahan. This week's testimonial was by Caitlin Plyley, who is an incredible writer and poet and performer, comedian. She does all kinds of different stuff. You can check her out on Patreon at by the blind name, or if you just go to Patreon and look up Caitlin Plyley, and her Twitter handle is the same as well, by the blind name. She's very funny, she's very insightful. I really adore her writing and her work. Definitely someone you should be checking out for sure. Go and look her up. If you would like to send in a Juliet Knives testimonial, a little 30-second testimonial, we would absolutely love that. Or if you want to send us some music to play in the background in our show, we would love that as well. We'll of course give you a credit at the end of the show and plug your stuff, whatever you got going on. Our email is deadericproductions at gmail.com. That's Eric with a C. I've got to mention, we do have merch available on Redbubble if you look us up. We've got Six Cold Feet merch and Juliet Knives merch. We don't have any combination banana peelers and back scratches, unfortunately. But we do have stickers and shirts and laptop covers and all kinds of stuff like that. So go and check that out. As always, we have to say a huge thank you to all our incredible supporters on Patreon. We couldn't do this without you. Big thanks especially to our chorus supporters, Tony Zolo, Kathleen, Anna Cook, the fantastic sci-fi podcast Girl in Space, which you should absolutely be listening to, and Sandy Darling. Now, we are about to take a little end-of-year break for a little while, but in the meantime, we have got the Juliet Knives EP ready to rock and roll. I am so excited about this. So Scott Mercer and Kate Logan and Ash Shanahan and Adele Pick Vance that we mentioned before have put together some amazing original music and made a Juliet Knives EP. I'm so excited about this. We're going to be releasing that before we come back for the second half of season two. It is going to go up free for our patrons on Patreon first. If you're a patron, you're getting this. This is our Christmas present to you. This is our thank you to you for doing everything that you do. We love you so much. We really appreciate it. If you're not one yet, guess what? Click it a click, get on that action, you'll get it for free. Everyone else, it's going to go up on all the usual places pretty soon. Keep your ears peeled for that. Thank you so much for listening. Keep telling your friends, reviewing, subscribing, and we will see you in the new year.